So, I want to start by telling you a little story. When I was a teenager, I was a little bit odd. Okay? When, I remember when, for my 14th birthday, most of like, the boys in my school were asking for a motorbike, because you're allowed to ride a motorbike when you were 14 in Guernsey, or a PlayStation. And what I really wanted more than anything else was an empire of chickens. Okay, this is, was my dream, to have to build this empire of chickens. I don't know where it came from. It was really odd. And so anyway, I got these chickens, and I started getting more and more and more, and I, they started pumping out eggs, and I had this plan to make money out of selling eggs. So I built this stool at the end of our drive, and people would buy the eggs. It was amazing. Every day they would come and buy them. But uh, to my dismay, I couldn't believe it, that as soon as the day started getting shorter, it was towards winter, the chickens stopped laying the eggs. And I couldn't believe it. These useless birds, it was, complete, it was so frustrating. I'd done everything to try and pump out the eggs harder, giving them the right diet, like pressurising them in every way, threatening them, everything. But they wouldn't lay any eggs. And apparently they don't for a few months of the year. It's a natural rhythm where they're meant to rest and re- rejuvenate. But I had this idea of putting this bright light bulb in their shed so that as soon as it was like 4 o'clock in the morning... They were just sleeping and resting, and ping, this searchlight would come on, and these chickens would be blinded, and they would jump off their perch and frantically start pumping out eggs. And it, and it works. So if anyone here keeps chickens, it is, it, yeah, it works really well. They basically, the chicken will never stop laying eggs all year round, which... For productivity is amazing, so I was selling all these eggs. But there's a slight problem. It's that the chickens just drop dead after about a year. So the men that live about, chicken would live about, I don't know, eight years or something, but they literally, after a year, they just started dropping dead for no reason. And someone said to me, oh, I think it's because they're just um, tired. <laughs> they were just pumping out eggs all the time. And I think that is exactly what our culture is like. We, we live in a society of burnout, of a huge proportion of the population. We live on medication, and, and there's mass suicide, depression, anxiety, because we're striving. And everything in our culture is saying strive to get more, to get the bigger house, to get more. And it's like we're a slave to that. And it's pushing us all the time to carry on when a rhythm of rest is so vital. Um, there's an American study that I find amazing. It, studied, it tried to find out who are the group of people who live the longest. And have you got any ideas who it would be? There was one group of people who lived 10 years longer than anyone else. And it is the, the Christian kind of group, the Seventh-day Adventists, Apparently, they live 10 years longer than anyone else. And if you add up the amount of Sabbath days in their life, it adds up to 10 years. And it is like taking a day of rest and just enjoying life and looking back without doing any jobs, any chores, anything, literally adds a day to your life. So, yeah, there's a challenge for you. (laughs) And do you remember when Jesus said, he told the story, he said, the kingdom of God is like this. It's like this, it's like a man who's digging in a field and he finds some treasure. Or it's like a man who goes in a marketplace and he finds a pearl, the priceless pearl. And 
these, this man, in both stories, gives everything he's got to try and get that treasure and that pearl. Well, we are unearthing here a priceless treasure called Sabbath. The art of creating Sabbath. And I really think, in my life, it's been lost for years. I'm not talking about a day off, okay? It's a different thing. Because on a day off, you can do chores. You can do jobs around the house. This is the art of creating Sabbath, and it's a different thing. So let's just look at this really quickly. So in Genesis 2, that Nikki read out, the most strange thing is that God himself had a rest. He had a Sabbath day. Why did he... Was he tired? Was he worn out? And no, we know in the Bible it says God never slumbers, he never sleeps. God doesn't get worn out or tired like us. Why did he have this Sabbath day of rest? Well, the answer is he's setting in place right from the beginning in the foundation of the world a rhythm of work and rest. Work and rest. He's like marrying together these two things like a bride and a groom. Work and Sabbath. Work and Sabbath. Work and Sabbath. And the two have to be together. They are like best friends. And if you just have one without the other, it doesn't work. You have to have both of them. So he's setting in a rhythm for our lives, a foundational rhythm that I know in my life, I've never realized. I've never been taught this my whole life. And I'm just uncovering this precious treasure. It's amazing. So God worked for six days, then he stopped And for a whole day, he did no jobs, no to-do list, but he just celebrated. He just looked back at what he'd done. I mean, what's the point of working for six days if you never stop to celebrate or to enjoy? What's the point in it? And he, he he just stopped and said, wow, this is very good what I've made. Look at man, look at my creation. It's very good. And God just enjoyed it. And... The word Sabbath comes from Shabbat. The word Shabbat means to stop from all labor, which includes any jobs, chores, to-do lists, to rest and to celebrate. I love that. We're called to celebrate. And I also love the, the way that Adam's first ever day was a day of rest. No jobs to do. God was like, look, Adam, this is a Sabbath. I want you to learn this this right from the start, that life is about God. It's about Him. Ultimately, it's about what God and what He does, that He is sovereign. He's in control. Adam, your first day will be rest. And that God adored Adam and said He was very good before He'd done any jobs or done any work. So we don't need to earn God's love or strive to be loved by God. We're already adored by God. So if God created Sabbath and we are made in God's image, then the idea is that we also create Sabbath in our lives. Six days of work, then we create Sabbath. It's something you have to create. <coughs> and we often can easily have excuses, oh, I'm too busy, or I'm, I'm a, like an extrovert person who gets energy from being around other people and doing work and things but God created Sabbath so we have to do it and then God told the Israelites he says in Exodus 20 if you just stick this 
scripture up. Exodus 20. Remember the Sabbath. If you just put the next slide up. Thank you. Remember the Sabbath day, keeping it holy. Six days you labor, do your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no work. For in six days the Lord God made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. This is by far the longest of the Ten Commandments. And it's the only commandment where God explains why you should do it. And the reason why is because it's referring back to the rhythm set in Genesis. The foundational rhythm that we're meant to follow to be healthy and well and to thrive. Now we know we're not under the same covenant as Moses. We're not under the law of Moses anymore because Jesus fulfilled that law for us on our behalf. But this is just wisdom for us to stay in God's rhythm. And it's also interesting to see that before the law of Moses came, God's people also kept the Sabbath. You can see that when, you know, when the manna came, that, this was before the law came, they, weren't, they didn't collect any manna on the Sabbath day. They prepared for the Sabbath day. They collect twice the amount on the day before. So, <clears throat> so next, what does creating Sabbath in our week, every week, what does it actually involve? Well, firstly, it's not a legalistic burden. It's not meant to be a rule. You know, Jesus said, the, the Sabbath is for us. We're not for the Sabbath. We're not going to serve this legalistic thing. No, it's to bless us. It's a gift. It's a present to help us. Um, I've, I had a friend in Guernsey who, when he was growing up, they had a budgie in their, in their house. And this is a true story, that every Sunday, they had to take the swing out of the budgie cage so that the budgie wasn't allowed to swing. Honestly, <laughs> this guy Clive in Guernsey. Just because the Sabbath became such a legalistic thing. And it's not meant to be like that. And maybe, uh, maybe we've all reacted against that and we've chucked out the baby with the bathwater. It's not meant to be a legalistic rule, law. It's just life-giving present gift of wisdom. <clears throat> but it is ideally meant to be a 24-hour period. It could be any day of the week. The Jewish people had Saturday, the Christians changed it to Sunday. But Paul said, Romans 14, it's totally down to your own conscience. Conscience, whether you think one day is more special than another or whether you think all days are the same specialness, it's totally down to your own conscience. So that's so liberating. That's in Romans 14.5. And it's not just a day off from paid work where you do housework. And this is where, on my days off in my whole life, I spent the whole day either chopping wood or doing just chores around the house. And then I'm just, I'm not refreshed by it by the end. And this is what I'm going to try and change, me and Michelle, in our, in our lives. So, and maybe we could all try it if you want to try it. And we can tell stories of, in our connect groups of how this has actually helped us. And I'm intrigued to see how it's going to make a difference in my life. I think it really is. <clears throat> um, so no to-do lists, no jobs, but a day to look back and celebrate. A day to enjoy God and what he's given us. A day of feasting. A day of doing fun things. Anything that energizes and brings life. 
So why is Sabbath so powerful for us? Well, the most amazing thing in Genesis, it says God blessed it. So God first blessed animals, then he blessed people. Then it says he blesses a piece of time. He blesses a day. So he blesses three things. So whenever you're creating a Sabbath day in your week, it is blessed. And I, I, I don't know about you, but if you've experienced God's blessing, it is a powerful thing. And why wouldn't we want to create Sabbath in our life if it's blessed? Like It's just such a powerful thing to have God's blessing in our lives. The word he uses that um, God uses is barak. God baracked it. He invoked divine favor, favor and blessing. And whenever God baracks something, it means it, start, it has power to procreate. It has power to bring life. So the animals had power to procreate and bring life. People had power. Now, the Sabbath has power to bring life and to procreate. Okay? So whenever you're having a Sabbath, it's bringing new life into your life and your family. It's blessed wow. to bring new life. Yeah. <clears throat> it's supernatural. There's, there's something divinely supernatural about it. Because it's baracked. So let's not miss out. And the, the other, second thing is that God made it holy. This is the first thing in the whole Bible that God made holy. You would expect him maybe to make a shrine or a temple or a mountain or a cathedral. But he made a day holy. And somebody says, it was in this book, that the Sabbaths are our greatest cathedrals. They are holy they are blessed, they are holy, if, if we can manage to create them and carve them out. And then the last thing is creating Sabbath stops us being slaves to Pharaoh. In Deuteronomy, God says something really interesting. He, he again tells them again to, to obey the Sabbath, but he gives a different reason to, to what we read out here. It's a different reason. He says... Because you used to be slaves to Pharaoh and you didn't used to have any days off. But now, I want you to have a Sabbath because you're not slaves anymore. It separates you from being a slave. And Pharaoh is so alive and well in our lives. Pharaoh is driving us like those chickens (laughs) every day. Driving us to try and strive, to earn more, to achieve more, to feel better about ourselves. But the problem is our to-do list will never end. The work will never be done. It will never be finished. So we need to just say, Pharaoh, I'm not under you anymore. I'm going to take a Sabbath. And that actually takes real faith because it means I, I've got to trust God that he will sort it out. I'm just going to stop, lay down my tools. I'm going to stop because I believe God will, he's got it covered. And God will bless us in our work more, I believe, when we obey him. So it stops us being slaves to Pharaoh. Now when we disobey God, we are working against the grain of his rhythm. And yesterday I was telling Andy something really frustrating happened to me. So Michelle, I was really looking forward to yesterday because Michelle was taking the kids down to Epsom to her parents for the whole day. And I was going to like prepare this talk and I was going to do different things. Anyway... We were out doing evangelism on the streets yesterday morning and I got a call and she's in a panic. She's on the motorway. She's been driving for an hour or more and she realises she's forgotten the car key. 
Because then, you know, your car might be the same. You, you've got a fob. You can start the engine. But then she went in the house and she left the, she'd forgotten something. She left the key in the house. And she, she was nearly at her parents'. And, so, and she really didn't want to have to drive a whole hour and ten minutes the whole way back and then drive back again with the kids. So I said, all right, I'll get on the train. And I had to get, jump on the train and go all the way to Epsom to meet her, to bring her the car key for the car. <clears throat> and <laughs> No, I made her drive back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she drove back. Um, but God really spoke to me through that, that we can be so busy in our life. Like she was just busy driving on a mission to get to her parents. And we're like that in our weeks. We're just on a mission. But we forget the fundamental key that God's given us. And I, I know the Sabbath isn't like a silver bullet. It's not going to solve all our problems. But just like a car key isn't a silver bullet, is it? You need other stuff. You need wheels. You need <laughs> other stuff, petrol. But without a car key, you're not going to get far. You're going to get in trouble. You're going to get stuck. And I felt God speaking to me, James, your whole life you've been busy, 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 busy without that key. You've forgotten the key that God has set this rhythm in right at the start of Genesis and I think much of the church has thrown it out probably because we're overreacting to legalism and stuff like that so I've nearly finished here's just some really practical things that we can do on the Sabbath you have your own things um, but it's something that we need to create it's a skill we need to practice you, at first we'll probably be rubbish at it if you've never done it much we'll get better. For example, being with family or friends, having a nap, going for walks. Maybe for you, going for a run. Like, if I went for a run, it would be a huge punishment. But for some people, they would find that refreshing, and that's fine, go for a run. Reading, praying, feasting, eating lots of food. Um, And a kind of test is, is it restful, and does it help you to worship? Does it help you to enjoy God and enjoy life? Does it give you life? So a whole 24-hour period is, the, is ideal. But if you can't manage that, just try with a few hours and build it up, maybe. And do you remember when God told the Israelites, before Sabbath, you need to prepare. Like at Christmas Day, you prepare beforehand, before the day gets there. And a Sabbath, it only works if we prepare the day before. So maybe make some food the day before. Maybe get things ready. And treat the Sabbath as a real holiday, a real kind of like mini festival day to celebrate and enjoy. It's holy and it's blessed. So let's, let's prepare for it and enjoy it. Ideally, and I've never managed this, but maybe we could try keeping off devices, phones, emails. I don't know. For me, I feel a real failure at this, if I'm honest. I've never managed it, and I'm going to try. But you know the amazing news for us, that ultimately Jesus has become our Sabbath. Okay, so even if you don't manage this, even if in the next few months you completely fail at this, and I do encourage you to try, but you know Jesus has become our Sabbath. So God looks at you and he declares you as perfect and righteous. And he says, look, you... You, you are just amazing, even though we failed in some ways, in lots of ways. And we are a people of Sabbath. We're a people of rest now. 
because Jesus has become our Sabbath. But because of that, he has released us to get into his rhythm. So let me just pray for us and let's respond by just, maybe if you want to just say to God, I'm sorry for not implementing Sabbath in my life. Like, that's what I need to say. And then, if you want to just ask him for help. Jesus, thank you. There's no judgment. There's no condemnation. You are our Sabbath. And we just celebrate. We can rest in that. You accept us. You adore us. You love us. You've forgiven us because of Jesus. But Lord, if you want to implement these rhythms of Sabbath in our lives, then would you help us? We need your help. Come and give us wisdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.